the letter really is is an SOS, uh, and I'm sorry for introducing a sombre uh, tone to the, the uh, your program this morning, but that's what it is. It's an SOS. Um, we really want to uh, achieve, or we want to get the attention of the cabinet, uh, and we want the cabinet to realise the realities that we're facing uh, in this region. We have the lowest level of consultant staff in the country. We have the lowest levels of nursing staff. We have the lowest levels of junior doctors and healthcare, health service care professionals. But we have the highest number of emergency department attendances in the country. And if you look at last year, uh, sorry, 2021, there were 77,000 uh, admissions uh, to the emergency department alone. So there is a, a disparity there. Uh, and as a result, we uh, are struggling. Is this, as a member of the Regional Health Forum West described it, an open revolt from staff or have you just reached breaking point? Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's an open revolt. Um, At the moment we are coping. Um, And um, uh, if I just bring you back a little bit to 2009, uh, the region uh, underwent a process called reconfiguration. And that was done uh, uh, in good faith. Uh, and the idea of it was to uh, provide a better health service to the region, to Clare and to Limerick and to Tipperary. But when that was done, there was we were promised uh, a co-located hospital. Uh, we were promised more beds uh, and we were promised uh, additional funding. And none of those have materialised. So reconfiguration occurred uh, without the materialisation of those promises and without the materialisation of the infrastructure that's needed to deliver uh, care. Uh, And as a result, you have uh, a a very much reduced uh, capacity of consultants, of nurses uh, and healthcare professionals providing uh, an enormous amount of health service. um, And uh, that brings enormous challenges with it. You said that, you know, part the main reason you and the other consultants and medics put their name to this letter is to get the cabinet to, you know, sit up and take notice and to be aware. Would you be concerned, though, that, I mean, the the UHL is regularly in the news for record overcrowding figures and Stephen Donnelly himself has visited the hospital and surely has filled his cabinet colleagues in on what the situation is like there. I mean, if they're not, if if they haven't been aware up to this point, would anything make them more aware or or sit up and take notice and uh, take action? Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, but I think we just need to keep uh, informing them and keep um, in, uh, letting them know what the situation is. Uh, they are aware. We um, we have communicated to them. They are aware of the, the fact that we have the fewest number of uh, nursing staff. We have the fewest uh, consultant staff. They are also aware, the Taoiseach and Minister Donnelly are also aware of the fact that we have the highest number of uh, emergency admissions as well. So they are aware of the realities. Um, and Paradoxically, and what really we, we struggle to understand is why other regions and, and other groups such as Cork and Galway uh, have been promised elective uh, hospitals uh, when this region, which uh, is, as you said, it's in the news uh, for all the wrong reasons, morning, noon and night, uh, is not to receive a, a, an elective hospital. Uh, there is a promise of what's called a scheduled care hub uh, and that will allow us to a, uh, to deliver and to protect uh, scheduled care because it's it's crucial that you protect that. If you don't protect that and if there are cancellations, then today's cancellations will become tomorrow's emergencies. And that is uh, the reality and that is what we're struggling with. You mentioned reconfiguration earlier on and, you know, it took, Calvin, more than a decade for the government to 
acknowledge or hold our hands up and say that, yeah, reconfiguration of services in the Midwest region wasn't done correctly. Would you be concerned that it could take a similar amount of time, a decade, perhaps even more, before the government moves into action to adequately acknowledge and address the unique pressures that are on University Hospital Limerick? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very concerning situation at the moment because even if we brought in emergency measures now, they would only uh, they only cope with what we're dealing with now, and they don't deal with the demographic and the challenges that are going to come tomorrow morning and tomorrow. Uh, so it is a very concerning situation. Um, I think when it, if you come back to re- reconfiguration, the problem with reconfiguration, it's right, it's correct in, in, in terms of what it aims to do. But the problem was the infrastructure and the promise of funding and the promise of a co-located hospital and the promise of the uh, personnel just didn't materialise. Now, in fairness to the government and to the administrations of the day, uh, you did have a crash. But the the hospital, uh, the infrastructure was never uh, retabled. It never came back to the cabinet uh, when it should have. Uh, and now we're 10 years uh, down the road um, and uh, struggling with the challenges that we do have. Yeah, I just worry because we've seen recently, obviously, the you know the the triple threat of RSV, uh, COVID, and the flu, and the, the the overcrowding figures that were at University Hospital Limerick and the pressure that it was under. But I suppose the narrative either side of the Christmas period uh, was that well, you know, this isn't unique to the region. It's something we're seeing nationally and internationally. That and it, while that's true to an extent, it, it seemed to put a, a, a really severe pressure on UHL. You just would wonder if they may take that approach UHL in a more long term. Yeah. So you see, the problem is at the in any kind of a system, you have to have a level of redundancy to take up challenges and, and to meet emergencies as they do arise. This system is already working on overdrive. We already have a bed occupancy that is well beyond the recommended bed occupancy. So we're in overdrive already. And when you're hit then with uh, an additional challenge such as the RSV, uh, then uh, that really places the, the entire system under an enormous strain. The letter itself didn't, it stopped short of of looking for the, the ED facilities at Enesneen and St. John's to, to be open, reopened. Is that something, speaking from your own point of view, that you would like to see happen at some point with those hospitals? I think we need an overall, we need an overhaul in the infrastructure that's available throughout the region. Um, and I think we need a, a, an attitudinal change at the cabinet level in relation to that infrastructure. Uh, throughout the region. Uh, We need more nurses, we need more consultants, we need more junior doctors, the expertise that they provide, and we need the infrastructure to be able to provide the health service that we want to provide and that we advocate uh, for on a continual basis. So I I think the fundamental uh, issue here is we need an attitudinal change at the cabinet level uh, and at our local representative level, uh, and we need a broad overhaul of the infrastructure that we have available to us throughout Clare, throughout uh, Limerick uh, and in Tipperary as well. We saw this week the Taoiseach being asked in the Dáil if he'd been briefed of the review that UL Hospitals Group was supposed to carry out into the necessary resources that would be needed to expand the service provision at Ennis General. Um, you know, it's coming in light of, the, I guess, the changes to the ambulance pathway that's gonna, that allows patients to be directed to the injury unit there up until 8pm. Yeah. And uh, Liv Racker said he hadn't seen the outcome. It, it isn't clear whether the review has been finished or whether the outcomes hadn't been sent to the Taoiseach, but... Does that concern you at all? Well, there there was a Deloitte report uh, commissioned and that Deloitte report, as I understand, has been uh, completed. Uh, and we do know uh, the uh, number of beds that are required for the region uh, at the present moment. We know that uh, there's at least 96 beds required immediately for the region. 
Uh, we also know from that uh, report that uh, with the population changing in the way it is, we're going to need another 96 beds very shortly after that. Uh, and uh, so the government is aware of the requirement. They are aware of, of the report and it has been said to them what is needed in the region. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, the uh, I was... Uh, uh, I heard the uh, Taoiseach's answers to uh, Deputy OD yesterday uh, in relation to the 96 bed and in relation to the uh, the block that's uh, promised and the block that's currently underway. Um, but frankly, it's disappointing that we don't have these now already, that we don't have them in place and that these aren't operational. And does it worry you at all that, yeah, well, as you say, you know, the Taoiseach's acknowledged the situation that the matter isn't being treated with the urgency it, it requires? Yes, that is a concern. Uh, the um, And uh, what we have now is a situation is where we're coping, uh, but uh, that we're coping with emergencies. Uh, we're able to provide time care and, and cancer, time critical and cancer related care, but we're not able to provide uh, regular elective scheduled care at this particular moment in time. Uh, because in effect, what we're doing on, on the ground is reverse reconfiguring every moment, uh, uh, every day. And patients that are coming in from, let's say, Carrigaholt or Kilbaha in uh, uh, Clare uh, are coming into UHL and then being redirected back out to Ennis uh, in this kind of a, a reverse of the reconfiguration. So it is concerning uh, that the uh, the level of urgency and, and that the government has uh, it doesn't really seem to match the, the situation that we have on the ground. The Taoiseach did acknowledge, Calvin, that more investment would be needed in Ennis General Hospital this week and Stephen Donnelly also stated that more investment would be coming for the Model 2 hospitals in the region, but no mention of dates, figures, timelines, yeah. any of that. Is the pace of delivery on this investment satisfactory up to par from your point of view? Uh, no, it definitely isn't. Uh, I mean, if you can't provide uh, elective scheduled care, let's say for people who have hernias or gallbladders that require treatment or skin lesions that require treatment, uh, and if those patients' treatment is going to is cancelled, then those patients are going to uh, attend as emergencies the following day. Today's cancellations are tomorrow's emergencies. So if you cannot provide an elective care, then that is going to uh, create an enormous burden on the uh, emergency services the following day. Um, so uh, this is all very concerning. What do you think is the impact then on the health of the local population in, in the Midwest if the process to see investment in the region's hospitals come to fruition is lengthy? Could we potentially see patients suffering or needlessly dying unless there's urgent action taken? Uh, I, I don't think uh, that we will we will see that. Uh, I think that um, certainly the the health or the state of the health of the region needs more attention from our government, and it needs immediate and urgent attention from our government and from our local representatives. Um, and uh, I would urge them very strongly to attend to and pay attention to the state of health of the region. The region is already uh, one of the most uh, socially deprived regions. I mean that's that's a, a, a reality. We also have a higher frailty index in this region and we have a higher proportion of, of older disabled patients in this region. So this region above all uh, regions needs uh, urgent immediate attention to its requirements. 
And you briefly touched on West Clare there earlier, Calvin, and it is an area of this county that is of particular concern given patients have to come from West Clare, the distance of travel to, to UHL, uh, particularly for those, you know, medical situations where perhaps time is of, of the essence and is general being much closer. You mentioned, you know, the, someone coming from Carrigaholt or Kilbaha and then going all the way to UHL and then having to go back to Ennis in the reverse of reconfiguration. What would you say to those from West Clare who look at the, the situation as it stands and have genuine concerns, you know, particularly given the, the level of health issues they may be dealing with, that having to do those round trips needlessly yeah it's an enormous burden on people it's it's a a burden on them from a physical and from a psychological perspective it's a burden on their uh, families uh, and but it's also a burden on the the healthcare professionals that are trying to administer and trying to advocate for the patients everybody suffers there Um, and uh, we can as a health service providers we can provide the health service that we want to provide and that the people of the region uh, should receive um, and then you have uh, people coming in and taking, as you say, extremely long journeys. Uh, their families uh, are impacted as a result of it as well. So everybody uh, is affected negatively by this. The open letter, as I mentioned at the outset, coming just days after a large number of people, over 11,000, protested on the streets of, of Limerick City with many people from Clare there to demand better health care in the region. There were a lot of heartbreaking stories told during it. Um, how hopeful are you that while we have seen open letters before and protests before, that perhaps the combined or cumulative effect of both actions happening in close proximity would be enough to make the, the relevant people sit up, uh, take notice and perhaps affect change? Uh, well, I, I think we need a lot more. I, I think we need a sustained campaign uh, because what's, what's probably what tends to happen over the, the winter is everything settles down and then uh, it, these, these issues are taken off the table. Uh, this uh, needs to be maintained uh, and this has to be uh, kept on the cabinet table and it has to be kept full uh, right in front of, of everybody's attention, I think. Uh, I, w- I am hopeful, though, because if you look at hospital management uh, in this region, everybody is invested in doing the right thing for the people of the Midwestern region. Everybody is invested. You saw the, the 11,000 people marched uh, on, on O'Connell Street uh, in Limerick uh, last week. That's a reflection of of the um, the commitment that is in this region. Um, on the 2nd of January, we had a, a major incident called uh, and uh, we all went down to the emergency department uh, on that day. And you had hospital administration and management uh, in scrubs helping patients. You had uh, consultants uh, in there helping patients as well. Uh, um, and so everybody is invested in doing the right things. So there is a groundswell of, of support here, uh, and there's a groundswell uh, in uh, an acknowledgement of the need for a proper infrastructure. We have excellent healthcare in this region. We need the infrastructure to maintain it uh, and to, uh, to uh, go forward. Uh, just for a let's go, Calvin, I mean, I mentioned there were letters, open letters before. Consultants have signed letters in the past and there have been protests before. Nothing uh, has been expedited as a, as a consequence. Uh, what would your next course of action be if this doesn't spark immediate action or change? You mentioned a sustained campaign is needed. What would a sustained campaign involve? Um, dialogue uh, and meeting uh, the uh, cabinet ministers directly uh, and meeting the Taoiseach uh, and um, engaging in a, a meaningful 
dialogue uh, on a repeated basis. Uh, I think that would be the most important step and that would be something that we would look for. Uh, I understand the Taoiseach has given a commitment to visit the region um, and that is very much welcome but that would be we would look at that as a first step towards a, a continued dialogue uh, on a regular and frequent basis.